Good morning, Big Ten fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Big Ten Morning Minutes. I'm your host, Mike Chen. Give me a follow on Twitter at MikeFChen. Follow the show site over there as well at Big Ten MM. It is Monday, October 26, 2020. And wow, what a what a weekend for the Big Ten. Uh, the games happened and then huge news on Sunday. Huge news on Sunday. And let's get into the huge news first. And that was the fact that Wisconsin freshman quarterback Graham Mertz, the first Big Ten player to test positive for coronavirus. This is something that you just didn't expect because on Friday night, Graham Mertz went out and torched the Fighting Illini. The first game of the year we all watched because Big Ten football was back. At least I watched it. I watched pretty much all the games this weekend. But when you look at it, Graham Mertz went out there in his first career start with less, he had 10 career pass attempts, 10 career pass attempts, went out and put up this line, 20 of 21 for 248 yards and five touchdowns. He was 14 for 14 at halftime for four touchdowns. Obviously, Wisconsin uh, turned it off in the second half, typical Wisconsin style, uh, you know, ran the ball a little bit more, but if Wisconsin has a passing threat to go along with their patent run game, wow, it's going to be scary for the Big Ten. But now that Graham Mertz is no longer the guy, I don't know where Paul Chris turns to as as, as quarterback. I have no idea. He's got a couple other quarterbacks on his roster. Jack Cohen, he's done for the year, not coming back. Graham Mertz with his two positive tests, because at first, when the news initially happened, it was just one positive test, and then the Big Ten goes to a second positive test. The second positive test was confirmed. So Mertz will be out for that 21 days. 21 days. And let's detail very quickly again how this works. Because this is massive. This is huge news. The way it works is that the player is going to be quarantined for 14 days. 10 to 14 days. That last week has to do with having tests on their heart. Myochondritis was a huge factor in the Big Ten initially stopping a fall season. So therefore, in their return, Kevin Warren wanted to make sure that myochondritis is not an issue. That these young men don't have heart problems due to this virus later on in their lives. And this is huge. Look at this. Okay, so he's got Danny... Vandenboom, he's a junior. Vandenboom, he has, on his career, one attempt. That was in 2018. Ugh, no, not good. He also has Chase Wolf, a sophomore. 
from Cincinnati. He, on his career, has one attempt as well. That was in 2019. And then, the other quarterback on the roster is Daniel Wright. Wright is a freshman, a true freshman, a massive true freshman, 6'8". He's a big dude. Zero career pass attempts. Now, you have to think that what Wisconsin is going to do is they're going to just run the ball and run the ball and run the ball. And they're going to hope, they're going to hope that that's enough. But the problem is, is that that third game, that final game that Mertz is going to miss, probably be the most difficult game for the Badgers in the regular season. Although, after what Indiana did, that one might be looking like a tough game as well. I know it's going to be a tough game. I've been preaching Tom Allen, Tom Allen, Tom Allen for a long time if you listen to the podcast. I'm a huge fan of what Tom Allen's doing in Indiana. We'll get to them in just a moment. But with Wisconsin, they're going to have to face Michigan. That's their fourth game of the year. And this this is going this is going to be difficult. This is going to be difficult. But we'll see what the Big Ten ultimately ends up doing. I think that this is a little bit much, but this is what they laid out at the beginning of their return. That's these were their terms. This was what the Big Ten wanted. And now, star freshman quarterback Graham Mertz will have to miss a third of the season. Three games, it's it's more than a third. Three out of eight. It's nuts. It's unfortunate for the young man, because you just didn't expect that. You know, he... I watched his post-game interview. He seemed fine, although, you know, maybe uh, maybe he's going to get an opportunity to go through that testing again for the Big Ten. But I'm not going to lie. I, I just – I don't think that this is going to be – this is good. You know, everything that I'm getting is that they're waiting for this second test, but – I've seen things that says that they have, uh, you know, they've gone for that second test and they've they've hit. So the, and it happened after the game too. After the game. So we'll see. I, I'm not sure. I do think that there's obviously some. Different reports out there. I've seen a report that said that you know he is going to be able to, you know, do that second test. I've also seen that he's not doing that second test. But let's uh, let's just say for the moment, what we do know is that at the current moment, he's probably going to lose the next three games. He's going to lose the next three games. It's huge. This is massive. Absolutely massive. 
I mean, great start for Wisconsin to on the season, you know, getting that win against Illinois. I mean, they looked like they were, you know, a shoe-in in the West. Now this complicates a lot of things. It complicates a lot of things. Although I still think that they are a shoe-in because of the way that Minnesota looked, and we'll get to that game in a little bit. But wow, such massive news here. Massive news. All right, the Buckeyes, uh, they hosted Nebraska. Um, and and I, this is a game that I watched very closely. I wanted to see if the Buckeyes were were real, were, were a team that you looked at and said, yeah, that team can win a national championship. Well, they didn't start off all that great. Uh, only a 10-point lead at halftime. And Nebraska, you know, their, their first drive, and you can almost a lot of times throw those first drives out the window. They're so scripted. And they practice those drives so much that, you know, you, you as a coach want to get off to a fast start. And so it's not surprising that it, teams you see teams march down the field on that first drive and score touchdowns against teams that they're overmatched. Uh, what I will say, though, is that Luke McCaffrey is going to be a player. He is a very talented young man. Now, I don't know if he's going to wrestle the starting spot away from Adrian Martinez at any point of time this year. But when he gets his full-time opportunity to be the quarterback, he's just like his older brother. Not just like his older brother, uh, Christian, but he's got some of that wiggle. He's got that crazy athleticism. And, you know, I think that if he was a, a generational talent like his brother, he'd be playing already. He obviously plays a different position. But, you know, he's going to be a, a, a big-time player at some point in time in his career. But back to Ohio State, I think that you know, they started off slow. If they're going to win a championship this year, they're going to have to be able to run the ball. Uh, but you're going to nitpick over a 52-17 win for them. And, you know, at this point in time, you know, they're – Breaking in all a bunch of new running backs, you know, they lost J.K. Dobbins from last year. Um, their uh, their other running back, Master T, is coming off of a, an off season where he probably you know if the season started at the regular time in late August, early September, he's probably not playing because of an Achilles injury he suffered in the off season. But with the season starting so late, he was able to to get in some time to be able to recover from that. So there are different factors as to why the Buckeyes were not able to do it. I also think that they didn't, their offensive line didn't get a very good push against Nebraska's very surprising defensive line. Because in the first half, I thought that uh, until the last couple minutes when the Buckeyes took that 10 point lead, I really thought that Nebraska was controlling the trenches. If you want to pull an upset against Ohio State, that's what you got to do. You have to control the trenches. But the Buckeyes ultimately pulled it out in the second half. Justin Fields looked like the Justin Fields that we expected. Throwing the ball all over the place. Matched Graham Mertz with his 20-for-21 performance. Uh, 276 yards. He counted for three total touchdowns. Two through the air on the ground for one. And... I'll tell you what, this one, uh, this one to me, it's a good start for Ohio State. But again, like I said, you, you can nitpick about 
what they look like. But they're still the class of the Big Ten. Hands down. 100%. They are the class of the Big Ten. Uh, continuing on the uh, the morning slate of games that we had. Rutgers and Michigan State. Wow. Greg Schiano. The impact has already formed in Rutgers. Already formed. They haven't won a Big Ten game since 2017. 2017. Three years. And the emotions that the Rutgers players showed after getting this road win, 38-27 to over Michigan State, was just, it's just heartwarming, man. It was great to see. Absolutely great to see. And I'll tell you what. I didn't think that the turnaround for Rutgers was going to be this quick. But I think Greg Schiano is just a – I think he's a very underrated coach. I know that you know Tennessee didn't want him a couple of years ago when it looked like he was a lock to go there. But what Greg Schiano does on a, on a regular basis is he just wins as a football coach. He's always been with winning programs, winning teams, and he showed it again. He selected Noah Vidrell for their, you know, for their offense, and yeah, they they really didn't, you know, put up a ton of numbers on offense. But what he did bring, though, was a an absolutely big-time defensive performance. And that's where Shannon's going to hang his hat on, on the defensive side of the things. Because if you look at their offensive numbers, you'd be like, how the hell did they score 38 points? Only 276 total yards. The the Spartans almost outgained them by 100 yards. They only had 16 first downs. The Spartans, again, had seven more at 23. But here's the key here. They caused seven, seven turnovers. Seven turnovers. They were plus three in the turnover department, and that's the 11-point difference. And that, I think, is squarely on Greg Shannon's shoulders. You have to look right at Greg Shannon and say, that's on you, buddy. That is on you. No. Uh, uh, I wouldn't say it's a it's a bad start for Mel Tucker. I think that he needs years. I think he's got, you know, a couple of years until they really get everything going over there. And for me, uh, I feel as if that's a work in progress. I, I'm not going to say you could throw the you know, year one schedule and results out the window for Mel Tucker, Michigan State, but you can almost do that. But uh, what what a win for Rutgers, 38-27 over Michigan State. And then the, the last game of the morning slate was an Iowa-Purdue game, and Purdue, wow, overcame a lot. And I'll tell you what, 
losing your head coach, Jeff Brum, he had to cut off communication with the team 90 minutes before kickoff. Brian Brum steps up, coaches, and you know what? He dialed up David Bell. And he picked, uh, you know, I'm sure it wasn't his selection. I'm sure it was uh, Jeff's. But Aiden O'Connell was the guy over Jack Plummer. Well, I thought Plummer actually had a shot at the starter spot, but Aiden O'Connell went out there and, and and did a great job. And when you have a guy like David Bell, you just throw the ball in his general direction and he goes and gets it. He had three touchdowns, three touchdowns on 13 receptions for 121 yards. 24-20 win for Purdue over Iowa. And I think Iowa's going to have a really tough season this year. Everything that's surrounded Iowa, which includes all of these accusations from former players, uh, uh, you know, from everybody, you know, left and right, about the culture of the program. You know, they obviously fired strength and conditioning coach Chris Doyle. But then you also have to look at the fact that Kirk Ferentz, Brian Ferentz were guys that these former players named, and they're still around. So there's a cloud hanging over them a little bit, a little bit. And it's unfortunate, uh, and I'm not a big fan of, of their quarterbacks either. You know, Spencer Petras, I don't know about, I don't know about him. I, I'm, I'm not very high on him. Uh, I, I think that you know, this is going to be a season for uh, for them that's going to be difficult. I really do. I think it's going to be a tough one for them. I think it's going to be a tough one. And then we go into the afternoon slate before we hit that Minnesota-Michigan game. In Northwestern, they have a quarterback. They found an answer at that position. And this is what you get. You get a 43-3 curb stomping of Maryland. And what's impressive is was that it wasn't just Peyton Ramsey throwing the ball all around. It was the fact that Northwestern had balance to their offense, that they could rely on a guy like Ramsey to move the ball. Because last year they didn't. Last year they were one of the worst offensive teams in the country. Period. None of the Big Ten in the country. And you can't all put that on Hunter Johnson, but I think a lot of it goes back to Hunter Johnson. And what I will say this is that they always put out a good defense. They've got three linebackers that you could argue that are three of the best linebackers in the country, uh, led by Patty Fisher. And then you've got a, a, a great back-end safety in J.R. Pace. North, I think Northwestern's going to have a bounce back here. After week one, I think they are. It, you, I'm not going to take too much away from it, but 
you know, this is a this is a team that I, I thought that, you know, just needed a, a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit more balance on the offensive side of the ball to go along with their always very good defense. That's one thing that Pat Fitzgerald, like Greg Ciano does, they hang their hat in the defensive side of the ball. And that's what happened. And, and Northwestern scored a big-time win, big-time win in their opener, 43-3. to And I think that they're going to have a solid season. I think they are. Another team that's going to have a solid season is Indiana. And like I said, I've been preaching the Hoosiers, 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 Hoosiers. I've been big on them. And this is why. An epic classic over Penn State. Indiana had a clawback in the second half. They ultimately pushed the game into overtime. Penn State scored first, pretty easily, mind you. And then Michael Penix happened. And everyone's going to watch this play over and over and over again. The Hoosiers scored on their possession as well. And Tom Allen, being the gambler that he is, went for two. Trusted in his team. And do you know what happened? The, the play of the of the Big Ten, I think, week one. If you're going to put one singular play out there, it was this one. Michael Penix drops back on the two-point conversion. Can't find an open receiver. Scrambles to the left. Looks like he's not even close. Doesn't have an angle. Dives. Literally switches the ball from one hand. He's a left-handed quarterback. He's got the ball in his left hand. Dives. As he's diving, switches it over to his right so we can get that extra reach. Because the his shoulders, his back shoulder was turned. So there's no way that if he would have reached over with his left shoulder, he would have been able to hit that pylon. Switches hands. And that I think that was it. That was it. Right there, that hand switch. Reaches out and hits that pylon. And they reviewed it. Live looked good. Replays, man, that was close. It was so close. Hard to see if the ball went out of bounds before it hit the line. But in that situation, the call in the field is usually the one that they're going to stick with. They can't find inconclusive evidence to overturn it. And that's exactly what happened. And Indiana scored the biggest win in a long time for the Hoosiers. Tom Allen has this program going in the right direction. And there's some unfortunate news for Penn State as well. Um, obviously, Journey Brown has missed the season or, or will miss the season, it, it looking like that way, with an undisclosed injury right now. And their backup, Noah Kane, who I said was going to be the breakout Big Ten star, He got hurt after the first series, was in crutches in a walking boot. And that has huge-time implications going forward as well. Because Penn State lost their first game. They're 0-1. And James Franklin, during his weekly press conference, said, Indiana's a good team. He knew it. He knew they were going to give him a battle. 
And the unfortunate part is that now they've got Ohio State. And, you know, the running back situation's not good. This is a must win for Penn State at home. No whiteout. And I think if you're just going to go talent over talent, which is pretty much what we're going to see this year in the Big Ten, because no crowd, no fans in the stands. I mean, there's 1,500 to 2,000 people in the stands, but it's all you know, family members of the program, et cetera. Crowds aren't going to make a difference. And I think that, especially in places like Penn State, it makes a difference for some teams. And it's going to neutralize them this year. And it's going to be more of a scrimmage type situation. And the better team, I think, is Ohio State, talent-wise. It's going to be a tough one. Very tough one. For Penn State this week. Very tough. And the nightcap. Wow, this was uh, this was a drubbing. And the score might not indicate that. It, it, the score is a little bit closer at 49-24 to 24 Michigan over Minnesota. But Michigan just, they worked them all night long. And you have to realize that Minnesota was handcuffed a little bit. P.J. Fleck was missing a good amount of his players. One of his players that he was missing was his punter. And I I don't know the name of his punter. I apologize for that. But what I do know is is that their punter that they used is not up is, is not recruited as a punter. He was recruited as their place uh, kicker holder, the holder for the place kicker. And so I feel for him. I feel for him. I really do. He's put in a terrible situation, Matthew Stevenson. He's put in just a very tough situation. And, uh, you know, it is it is what it is. But, and that Michigan, the Michigan offense was great. The Michigan defense was great. Michigan looks much better than I thought they would. Especially with first-year starter Joe Milton really getting his, his first go at things. So, I, I like Michigan. I, I think that they're a very good team. And I think that, you know, we're looking at a, a potential, you know, especially with the way that Penn State could get started with the season going 0-2. The game is going to mean a whole hell of a lot more this year. Because it looks like there's a 100% potential that it could be an Ohio State and Michigan for the Big Ten East crown. And Jim Harbaugh's never won one of those. He's never beaten Ohio State. I think that game, when it, it just looking ahead a little bit, it's going to be huge. It's going to be massive. Very big, very big. Uh, one other note. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm not sure if uh, I got this on Friday, but Rondell Moore missed Purdue's game. That's why we didn't hear his name called. It was an undisclosed injury. It's not COVID related. Uh, the the assumption is is that he'll be back this weekend for the game against the Fighting Illini, so that should be good. Uh, real quickly, a uh, one note as well uh, about that Ohio State Penn State game. ESPN Game Day is going to be over there, so 
uh, yeah, it's a, it's a big game. It's still very much nationally considered a big game. It's a top 25 matchup. But I think it loses a little bit of its luster now that Penn State comes in with a loss and Indiana has moved into the top 25. Well, let's get into that right now. The Buckeyes moved up a couple spots in both the AP and the coaches. They are three overall in those two. They jumped a couple of spots. They jumped Notre Dame and Georgia. So that's good for Ohio State, but that's the only team that's really going to compete for a, a Big Ten championship and in a, a college football playoff spot, I think, especially with Wisconsin finding out about Graham Mertz. Because I think that Wisconsin ultimately takes an L, like I said, looking ahead, that third game, or I'm sorry, the fourth game, the third game of Mertz's 21 games, uh, 21 games, <laughs> Uh, 21 days out. That that third game is the Michigan game, and that one's going to be huge. You're looking. You're probably looking at a top 15 matchup minimum at that point in time. And uh, you know, I think that with with the way that Michigan looked, and although it's just one game, it's a small sample size, man, they look damn good. They look damn good. But Wisconsin's ranked ninth in the AP and 11th in the coaches. Uh, Michigan would be 13th in the AP and 14th in the coaches. You've got the Hoosiers. AP 17, 19th in the coaches. And then that is it. That's it. Penn State. Oh, I'm sorry. Penn State. Oh, 18th. (laughs) I'm sorry. Penn State, 18th in the AP, 17th in the coaches. Although Indiana should be over them in the coaches. I don't understand how that works. Uh, Minnesota dropped out. So, it is what it is. But uh, I will say this. It is uh, it's something that, that the Big Ten should be aware of. Is that, you know, that they've got some teams at the bottom that, that are going to move around and they're going to do some things. So, uh, I, I like you know, where some of these teams are ranked good for Indiana to, to get in there. And, you know, nice, nice that, uh, you're seeing some big 10 love here, but unfortunate, like I said, that, uh, you know, Graham Mertz is going to have to be sitting down with, uh, with that. All right. One note in the recruiting trail, uh, before we update the team rankings and wrap this up, Minnesota got a commitment from Washington defensive end, Jacob Schuster. 6'2", 300 pounds. He had offers from Arizona, Boise State, BYU, Cal, Michigan, Stanford, Wisconsin. Uh, I'm sorry, Washington, Washington State. Nice little offer list there for him. And uh, I think that uh, he could be a good player. He's a four-star. He's a very solid player. Now, it's not going to you know, move up them too much in the rankings. But uh, I think that... You know, P.J. Flex, again, he's another guy that really has his program doing some good things. And very much like Tom Allen, this, you know, it's unfortunate that P.J. Flex, they, uh, you know, kind of got their asses to, handed to him this week. But, you know, that's just a, it's just a a point where he can say, hey, look, the, the program's not there yet. We're still, we still have things to work on. We're not there yet. And I think that as long as P.J. Flex isn't lured anywhere else from Minnesota, I think he'll get him there, but he's not there yet. And it's pretty evident that they're not there yet. All right, let's update the recruiting rankings. The Buckeyes still have the best 
recruiting uh, 2021 class in the Big Ten. They are first in the Big Ten, but they are second overall in the country, right behind Alabama. Michigan uh, is eighth overall in the country. They have 21 commits. And then uh, you're going to find Wisconsin 16th overall with 19 commits. Maryland and Mike Loxley. 18th overall with 20 commits. Nebraska having a good run at things. 21st overall with 19 commits. The Schuster commitment helps Minnesota get into the top 25 once again. 24th overall with 17 commits. Right behind them are the Hawkeyes of Iowa. 25th overall with 16 commits. Remember, they just lost Jordan Oladukin for the second time after these allegations came out once again and the lawsuit. Uh, Penn State, 31st overall, 14 commits. They've been kind of creeping up a little bit. I think this has to do with a lot of the recruiting re-ranks recently. But like I said, I I expect Penn State to ultimately end up with a top 15 class. I'd be very surprised if that didn't happen. Uh, Rutgers, 40th overall with 22 commits. Uh, Greg Schiano, again, that impact. I mean, usually you see Rutgers pretty low on these lists, so... Uh, nice to see them getting a move up. Michigan State moving up a little bit as well. They are 50th overall, 16 commits. You've got the Northwestern Wildcats who have been just very slow on the recruiting trail of things. They have just 13 commitments. They continue to fall. They are 56th overall in the country. You've got the Hoosiers of Indiana who, after, uh, you know, I, I, I have a feeling that uh, with a very strong season, their recruiting is going to get a little kick. Uh, 64th overall in the country right now, 13 commits. So they got room to add right now. And I think that there's going to be some solid additions to that Hoosier recruiting class because Tom Allen's going to show everybody that they're a damn good football team and a very good program. You got the Fighting Illini, uh, 67th overall, 16 commits. Uh, I've been trashing their recruiting class for a very long time because at one, you know, they were, uh, they were, Looking really bad at one point in time, but Lovey Smith has turned it up. And then you've got Purdue uh, still lagging. They are the back end of the Big Ten, 84th overall, just 11 commits. They got to pick it up. They're recruiting right now. You know, they're, they're teams like Troy, North Texas, uh, Western Michigan, Central Michigan. Those are the teams that are in Purdue's range right now. That's not good. That's not good for Purdue. Not good at all. And that's going to do it for me this morning on your Big Ten Morning Minutes. Once again, I appreciate the listen. Go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter at Mike F. Chen. Follow the show site over there as well at Big Ten MM. Rate us, review us, and share us on all of your listening platforms. Have a great Monday, Big Ten fans. I'll talk to you tomorrow morning.